Do you guys you guys don't typically like intro or anything, right? You guys kind of like jump in. Yeah, this would have been the intro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is gold for us. <laughs> For our podcast listeners, we have two special guests, double the special guests as last episode. (laughs) (laughs) I think the sound effects is good. Ben Lopez. You know, I should have just left the last name out because I do not know Drew's last name. I'm so sorry. We we say my last name. (laughs) My last name is on the website, so it's whatever. Ben Lopez. How's it going, guys? How's it going, Steven, Nate? Yes, yes. And Drew Kaufman. I got it. it Welcome. But actually, you know what, Nate? Um, I just gotta say, like, I met you in person. Yeah. You're a sweet, gu- you're a sweet guy. Really like you. But. But, but, <laughs> like, mayonnaise on a hot dog is disgusting. Hmm. <laughs> but, but have you tried it? I don't want to try it. Like, that sounds that sounds horrible. It is a yeah. I I just believe that mayonnaise goes well with any savory meat. And if you think of a hot dog, like you would put, <laughs> what about a steak? Would, what about a steak, Nate? I was about to say that prime rib and mayonnaise, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, really. would you do that? I yeah, I would, but I would call it oh. aioli and make it uh, fancy. I mean, that's what. Uh, give me a chipotle mm. aioli, and it can go with any. It's got to fancy it up. But here's my here's my argument: a bologna sandwich, people put mayonnaise on. Okay. And bologna is flattened down hot dog in some. It's like a. a <laughs> A neighbor. It's a stepbrother of a of a hot dog. So I think that's my my jumping off point. Look, your logic is actually uh you know, I applaud it, but it's still a hot dog and I don't want mayonnaise on it. Okay. I I <laughs> have you ever tried have you ever tried mixing ketchup and mayonnaise though? I uh I don't know if you know this, but I'm Spanish and that's like <laughs> Oh, so it's yeah, yeah. That's it's our in, main it's export. It's in the DNA. Absolutely. So absolutely, absolutely. I love that. I'm down with that. But you not liking you not liking ketchup on fries was also a little peculiar. I know. Yeah, I'm really. It's part of the uh, the Dutch style, and that's <laughs> that's how they enjoy it. And I tell you what, I'm I don't go back to ketchup now. I don't remember what you said. So I think it was in the he's going to be a Sonic episode. You guys talked about the mayonnaise ice cream. Were you? Did you mention you would try it, or did you mention like never ever would I ever? I feel like. I said, never, ever, would I ever? But then I backed it up and said, sure, I'd try it. Right. Would you, would you try that? Yeah, absolutely. I'd try a scoop. I d- it doesn't sound appealing. Okay, now, now we're differing because I would try like a spoon and you would go for a full scoop. So, <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Remember that there was a day when you first, I mean... I feel like it was in the last five years when the first time I saw chocolate with salt crystals on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and that used mm-hmm. to be a foreign thing. I was like, no, I would never have salt and chocolate. That's such a mixed. good combo, though. So good. And now it's like, oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, but we're, we're getting with the like sweet and savory, you know. That's, that's mm-hmm. a salty, sour kind of. Yeah, that, that sounds great. But mayonnaise... I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I literally sat across from Nate at breakfast and watched him eat hash browns and mayonnaise. I go back to the <laughs> french fries, tater tots, I know, potatoes. I know. They can all be mayonnaised. I found particularly troubling is that when Nate traveled to the Netherlands, the Nederlands, <laughs> they actually just give you mayonnaise with your potatoes like it's a normal thing. Oh, yeah, interesting. 
Yeah. Now, I have you always you always been this uh, down for mayonnaise? I have. I have. Like, it's since always... you were a little kid, it's always just been... Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I think I was kind of forced to have ketchup. Like, that was the normal thing to have with things. <laughs> Don't act then, like it's oppression. I was forced. <laughs> well, back when I was young, it was tough. It was just a tough life that involved a lot of ketchup. <laughs> Thought that's what people... Drowning I, I, I never sorrows. had the choice put mayonnaise with my fries it was always just ketchup so mm. uh now a question for both of you is a hot dog a sandwich no no okay well we all agree another then. another question if you had a choice between a hot dog a brat and a hamburger at a picnic which one do you choose Ooh. brat <sighs> it's okay for me it's either the brat or the hot dog really yeah burgers are not my this is like okay so I'm I'm attacking you for your mayonnaise love. Now you can attack me. I'm not a big burger guy. And it actually is a larger problem with handheld foods. Wait a minute. Go on. <laughs> I don't like I don't like eating food with my hands. Uh in fact, if Nate next time you're in town, we all go out to lunch. Um go to Buffalo oh, Wild oh, Wings. I, oh, I'm in town right now. Oh, you're in town right I'm, now. I'm down in Florida right now, so <laughs> at dinner tonight, yeah, I'm ready. You can go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and you will see that I don't grab the wings with my fingers, but oh. I cut them with a fork and knife. Oh, no. Yeah. Wait, and hold on. I've seen it. The hot dog? <laughs> see, Drew, Drew can attest. I've, he's seen it. Ben, wait a minute. What about pizza? Fork and knife. Hot dog? Fork and knife, if I have it, but that's what? Like, that's more rare. Actually, oh. yeah, um, at BurgerFi they have really awesome chili cheese dogs, and you can ask any of my coworkers. Fork and knife, grilled cheese. Fork and knife, taco. What? Taco is so messy because the tortilla is not super mm. sturdy. You can't get away with that one with a fork and knife. But if it was more sturdy, absolutely. Ben, I didn't realize this about you. I didn't know you were a surgeon and you were protecting your hands. That's right. I just, I just. I mean, I'm OCD about touching my laptop with dirty hands. So I am like, you know, I wash often. But I'm not even so OCD with like germs. I'm not the biggest germaphobe. Although I can't like sharing drinks is, is always been no, 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 a weird mental. That. But um, uh, yeah, I just don't like. What I about chips? I you know what? I like Pringles because there's yeah, fork less and mess. Knife. No, because there's less mess. <laughs> like a bag of chips, meh, I'll pass. But Pringles, okay. Now this this might come into play later, but uh, Nate is an artist. Ben, a visual artist, digitally and stuff. Drew, I don't know what what is your uh, your your shtick there. Uh, well, I do creative consulting, but I also oh, okay. I also just took a took a real left field move and recently bought a coffee shop. What? Yeah, you know, it's it's the typical uh, creative consultant moves to coffee shop owner path that I think a lot of people have been on. All right, we don't need to move on. Let's just stay right here. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah. So, wow, are you guys uh, like roasting in house too? Or oh yeah, like, we do see. it all. Wow. Yeah. Drew is the most interesting okay. man. You'll soon find that out. Yeah, I, I don't like to take a traditional route. That's for sure. Here's my one ask. So uh, I live in Central Florida. And Lakeland, it's coming out with a lot of new these hipstery coffee shops. They got great Concord. coffee. Yeah, Concord. Concord's great. Here's the thing, though. And what I ask you, you please don't do this in your shop. Okay. I go in there. 
I say, tell me something good. Mm-hmm. And the person rolls their eyes, mm. and they bring out the flavor wheel. Oh. And they say, uh, <laughs> we got the fruity ones over here. We got the oaky ones over here. And then I just feel bad about myself because I don't no, know no. what to check. I don't That's choose. a pet peeve for me because people will always say stuff like that because there's these tasting notes, just like a wine, right? Like, right. Oh, yeah, this one tastes right. very much like grapefruit. And the answer is it really doesn't. Like I can promise you <laughs> that it doesn't taste like a grapefruit. It might in your imagination somewhere, you can like see how it might have a citrusy flavor or something. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling that. Well, I appreciate that because I did. I did go to another shop, uh, Buddy Brew, here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. They have good coffee, uh-huh. and the guy uh, he just brought out three coffees. He's like, "Here, try this," and he tells me about them as I'm drinking them, yeah. and I'm loving everything, and it's a wonderful experience. So, yeah, um, yeah well, it's exciting. Very cool yeah, for you. I'll, I'll do something similar. I promise. Should we talk about GI Joe? Oh, oh yeah, gosh. my choice, oh, my choice. <laughs> oh, okay, gosh. so let me say, let me say that um, you know this is a new thing for Ben and I. Uh, we often talk about movies, but it's kind of more off-the-cuff stuff or, like, um, on occasion, a movie that overlaps both of our interests, and then we, we, we talk about it a little bit on the show. Um, we don't typically, like, go seek a Outright movie review, out yeah. mm-hmm, and talk about mm-hmm. it. And when I heard about this idea, I was told that it's good to find movies that are maybe not, um, you know, in the contending for an uh, Oscar uh, but also <laughs> movies that are somewhere like dear to our hearts or for some reason we like it for some strange reason. And uh, so this is my pick, uh, which is kind of fun. Um, oh, man. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I have a, a pretty good pedigree. My favorite movie of last year was Phantom Thread. Uh, you know, Darren Aronofsky is my favorite director. So, of course, you know, in the same vein as those things, I chose G.I. Joe Retaliation. <laughs> Which makes no sense, Drew. Watch. No sense. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, I don't know about that. So, uh, can I can I just start off? I real fast want to just uh, like I said in the group chat. I started to take notes while I was watching the movie this morning, and I just want to read you the first couple lines that I wrote. I stopped taking notes like twenty minutes in because I was like, "This oh. is." <sighs> Okay, oh, so now, first, now the those first, are gone forever, like we just talked about. We needed those preserved. The first, no, yeah, don't make worry. The I'll, notes I have your background. <laughs> I have more thoughts, but so my first thing that I wrote in my note was, "I hate this movie." <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the second note, what the crap is this whole first speech? And then before I could even recover from that. The uh, the announcer, like the narrator, said the nanomite wars, and I had a yes. hard eye roll. And then, and then, and then, the blade of justice. Like, mm. is this a kung fu movie? Is this a frat boy war movie? Yes, yes. Keep going. I'll keep saying yes. No, the, the it's whatever you want just, it to be, Ben. Ah, ah. And that's what I gave up. I gave up taking notes. So you know, someone else can take the floor. But gosh, Drew. So typically. Uh, Nate and I will talk about movies that aren't great mm-hmm. to Nate's chagrin mm-hmm. uh, because I love end of the world movies mm-hmm. and big monster movies and they're guilty pleasures. a lot of people. I like those too. Well, yeah, yeah. specifically, Stephen likes movies that came out between the year 1998 and 2002. Okay. Right. A real, a real, a real my... gem of special effects <laughs> in that time period. <laughs> yes. The when rose-colored CG glasses. Was, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Which the one movie we had to go back. We watched the 1998 Godzilla with Matthew Broderick, mm-hmm. and that I had a hard check. 
and said, no, this this is terrible. Like, <laughs> as much as fondly as I remember it, it was a terrible movie. It was very bad. Yeah. So G.I. Joe Retaliation, 29% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. 48% audience um, satisfaction. Not whatever. bad. That's, that's so, gross. Oh, that's disgusting. And I will also admit I have a soft spot for The Rock. Yeah, I kind of like stuff that he's in. He's got, he's got I, I a like new the nickname. Rock too. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah, his, cool. he should be called Franchise Viagra because he's always yeah. in like he's in the he's in the franchise whenever they're like you know what we need we need a new star in this one we need yeah you exactly know? they're on the decline they need to rejuvenate yeah. themselves yeah. yeah let's get and, the rock and that's exactly what he did in this film he that's absorbs so- franchises he does he does <laughs> yes. he's in so many man mm-hmm. so I thought the uh, the gloves that melt the fence were pretty cool and so like that I think that's actually the opening scene they're raiding some unexplicable bunker for un- some unexplicable reason or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't um, even matter. They don't even set don't it up. They barely they even don't. say anything about it. They just uh, let it happen and call it a day. But yeah. he has the gloves that melt the fence. I was like, that's cool. And then, yeah, I actually had the same note, Ben. I had Nano Wars and the opening exposition. As soon as that voiceover oh. started, it was, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what was happening. Uh, and the amount of times that the phrase, hell yeah, is mm-hmm. said in this movie was pretty <laughs> Drive surprising. Drive it like you stole it. Come on, come on. What is this? Uh, so good. Yeah, and so the president, the president mm-hmm. character, the fake, mm-hmm. the fake president character. Yeah. I wrote that uh, the fact that no one notices the president continually disappearing into this bunker in the Rose Garden. <laughs> none of the Secret Service, none of the cabinet noticed this. Some, uh, some presidents play golf, some disappear into bunkers, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they happens. all have their hobbies. <laughs> okay, yeah, I have I have questions about this of this point. Jonathan Price playing the role of Tartar or Zartan or Zartal, <laughs> Jar Jar, Zartan, Zarzar Binks. Mm-hmm. So, um, he, it's like no one notices that he's a different person except when they later very cleverly look into his speech patterns or whatever, and the way he folds his hands and the thumbs, yeah. yeah. But what about the whole, like, people know that, like, Cobra Commander and, like, those are the bad guys of the first movie. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the president (laughs) goes, these will be my new secret service. Yeah. I'm doing it about, like, no one thinks, like, hey, hold on a second. (laughs) Weren't these guys the guys that, like, destroyed Paris? No, it's fine. Yeah, they literally made the Eiffel Tower disintegrate. Yeah. So did you guys see the first one? Because this is obviously a sequel. But I, I chose it as a movie to watch because it's it, it's a movie that intentionally expects eighty five percent of the audience to have never seen or heard of the first film, which I always appreciate. I <laughs> they want you to forget that. it. Yeah, I mean, they, it's a pretty much entirely new cast, like mm-hmm. with the exception yep. of Channing right. Tatum, but yep. he disappears real fast. Yeah, I know. Which, which he's in the top built cast for IMDb and lasts all of fifteen minutes. Yeah. But that's well, it, no. I appreciate that. I appreciate no, that they, no. they actually kill a character because that happens never in an action movie. But all you get of that character is him playing video games with a rock. Wait, let me tell you and what. Then, that's the best scene in the entire movie because it's, the worst it's amazing. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> the, and, it they, goes, and they play it like they're closer in age. Why is the rock who looks like he's 40 better at video games right. than Channing Tatum who looks like he's 20 at the time? No. Well, the rock's no. a dad. He's got, to, he's got to know how to play That's some right. COD. Which, I had a comment here. I think in every movie where The Rock has children, 
he always has at least a daughter, like one daughter mm-hmm. in San Andreas. It's so in sweet. See, skyscraper, a little, little daughter. <laughs> yeah. He has daughters in real life. I don't think he has a son, so he probably just goes with oh, what he oh. has. Oh, I didn't know that. Did, well, anyone, anyway. did anyone notice that Channing Tatum? Okay, Channing Tatum wanted out mm-hmm. of this absolutely, whole franchise. Absolutely, absolutely. He he got big like right before they filmed it. Like he like was doing a couple other movies. Did not want to come back, but apparently had some sort of contract. And I felt like even in the scenes that he was in, he had he had I will call them gritty mascot eyes, just dead, <laughs> dead inside. Yeah, the it was almost uh, it was almost as if he was pleading to the director, like, "Kill me, let me. Can I die off in this scene? Oh, can I die, die off die. in this scene? Can I die off in this scene? Can the Rock's daughters kill me in this scene? Okay, no, another scene, fine. <laughs> if my character in Call of Duty dies, will I die? <laughs> <laughs> oh bad. man, he just whisks so, away. Yeah. So there's that scene where they're bringing uh, Snake. What is it? Snake is the character with the Snake eyes. Snake eyes. Yeah, they're bringing him into the the prison. You know, the underground prison. Mm-hmm. The guy that talks to him the entire trip is insufferable. I I couldn't stand like that him. guy. You don't like him as an actor, or you don't like him in this movie. <sighs> I don't really know him as an actor. Oh, I think I just he's great like in this movie. I disagree really? with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a shining moment. I like him too. <laughs> because he's <laughs> okay. lively. Well, uh, l- l- let me say what I think is why I like this whole movie, and he's a pretty good representative angle for it, which is that, okay, I don't like the Michael Bay action movie like blueprint that has become this kind of normal thing, which is mm-hmm. let's take everything, no matter how beautiful and cartoony and sweet of a concept and just and gritty it the heck up until it's basically unrecognizable no colors in the film except orange and teal no characters with any lines that actually deliver like any kind of humor or depth or sensibility if it's like if it's a joke it's got to be a joke that makes the audience laugh because it's something dumb not because it's like memorable or enjoyable or fun and it's just like this Mm. brutal very action-packed every scene has something crazy going on in it type world and gi joe has decided to just not do that at all and make a like to me it is a very like 90s action movie that doesn't have a lot of the sensibilities that like modern movies have kind of jumps around barely cares about the exposition that it's delivering itself you know and 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 doesn't try to make yeah, and doesn't even try to make like the world real. Like they take this guy so to a prison, but the prison is down a mine shaft in Switzerland or something weird like that. And I gotta say that was the one point that like, I did like that it's yeah. so far down that it's not in Germany anymore. Yeah, that, I was in, like, like, that was cool. That was cool. Waters. One point. And, yeah, one yeah. point. And, and and they don't hire some like stuffy warden to run it. They hire some guy that like revels in pain. I guess I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, you look crazy. You're hired to be the warden of this high stakes <laughs> international prison. You know. So Drew, are you saying you're saying the GI Joe franchise? You like it because it's not trying to be serious. No. It knows. You knows it's like. It's fun food for movie watchers, and exactly. so it just doesn't care. Exactly. Yeah, we got we got a, a ninja on a GI Joe team that's running the world's best, you know, fighting squad. I don't really even understand like where and how all of that makes sense, but it just does in the movie's logic, and I appreciate right. it. The fact that you would be able to function as a member of any sort of fighting team and right. never remove your mask, right, is insane. or talk or like, speak, yeah, yeah or, or speak, speak. like yeah. getting some sort of 
a medal of honor at the end and be like, yeah, this is this is our ninja. Yeah. So wait, so I have I have questions. I have questions about this prison scene. So there's three tanks, right? There's the 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 white Cobra snake. Commander. Cobra Commander. There's Cobra Commander, the White Snake, and then the Black Snake, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's well, three characters in there. No, 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 no. It's uh, it's two of the characters from the previous movie, which is Cobra Commander, and then another and character that Destro. does not make it back into this film. He is quote out of the band. <laughs> so right. no, that is a so literal what, quote. <laughs> so the so the <laughs> you're out of the band. <laughs> that is true. And so so wait so so the black the good snake is not in there. He no. was like, was the other guy disguised as a black snake? Because yes. when he's walking in, oh, I see. Yeah, so I the guy I just, I just sent a link that was from the old cartoon. That's Destro. He's got a metal head, mm-hmm. and he's in he there didn't somewhere. make it. And no. then Cobra Commander, oh, this guy, he's the one that is that they that they released. They released. So yeah. So it, they it, put they put uh, just one other continuity question. So they put uh, White Snake in the the Bacta tank or whatever, you know, the Luke Skywalker healing tank, mm-hmm. and at some point. He becomes like lucid again, you know, drowns the other guy, and then he throws some shurikens at the guards. Mm-hmm. Did they not check him for shurikens <laughs> they left before there, putting him fine. in the tank? <laughs> yeah, they oh, totally I thought forgot. that was glass. I thought that was glass tank shards. Oh, was it? Oh, that, that might that make sense. Yeah, that might make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, he certainly still had. He his stopped his on. heartbeat. Yeah. To kill, <laughs> to temporarily kill himself. Which is that's commitment to that's your, a good move. your craft. Mm. <laughs> well, they just uh, they just talked about they fill them with this uh, juice that makes them paralyzed, except for their eyes and their heart. Yeah, which I guess they don't need to breathe when they're in this tank. Well, or whatever. I, I I wouldn't know how to stop my heart, but he I did. bet they I bet they mm. wrote that line of dialogue thinking, hey, if we say eyes and heart, then they can't come at us with you know science problems and logic gaps. <laughs> you know, he, hey, they're still awake. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, I think that th- this scene is also like the the worst part of the movie in that it does hope that you have a lot of dedication and understanding of a toy line from the '90s that no one really cares about anymore. <laughs> which again is so good to me, you know, because they they take off the quote unquote snake eyes mask and it's not snake eyes; it's the other ninja, Storm Shadow, and it's uh, supposed to be this big reveal. Like the entire audience is supposed to gasp and say, "It was Storm Shadow all along," <laughs> but no one knows, no one cares, you know, yeah, no one really a- understands it. Even so, for the rest of the movie, movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the rest of the movie, because of that scene, I thought they were twins, <laughs> like no, no snake no. eyes and then Storm Shadow. And so are they not? not? Your fault. They're no, not. They're not. not. Fault they're not twins at all. Oh god! And in, if you looked in the or if you paid attention to the flashback scene when uh, Storm Shadow was being uh, framed, oh, right. he was in the white gi and he was a little Asian boy, and then Snake Eyes was in the black gi. He was the white boy, the Caucasian kid right. that was consoling the master. Yeah. Right. So, right. So right. Well, right. Snake Eyes is played by our friend Ray Park. Mm-hmm. Darth Maul. Star Darth yeah. Maul. Yeah, Darth oh. Maul himself. Yeah. Which we saw recently in that solo movie. Half That's of Darth right. Maul played by which, Ray Park again. Which, after this, I would love to discuss uh, solo with you guys because uh, I have some disagreements with that review. Uh, oh, excellent. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we, need to, we need to get to that. Okay. We, so, can we dig into ninjas yeah, for a second? Yes. I was just about to go there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Really no, no, no. I just, I just want to say, no. I did like the, I like the fight scene with the two ninjas. I was down with that. I, I That's also all. like bringing in the, what is the, the lady's name, Lady Ninja? Um, oh, what is her name? She was Jay. in Daredevil. Jinx. 
Yeah, she's she's, an elect- she's Electra in Daredevil. He was also in Gods of Egypt. He was half <laughs> in that. Oh, a great movie. another movie we reviewed. Yeah, um, I've not seen it. That is movie. I do enjoy. I have a as far as violence. Sometimes I'm real cool with it, and other times I get a little queasy. Um, I do appreciate what I like to call a soft PG-13 sword violence. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Who always doesn't good like fun. that? Yeah, because yeah, exactly. when you think about like a guy like shirtless fighting in a sword with and like, just like man, you think there'd be more dismembered limbs? No, yeah, the and there, the there never is, and it's always I really appreciate that because they're 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 too equally matched to have dismembered limbs, so they're right. they're just crushing mm-hmm. it. And there's a scene where a storm shadow punches a wall and it like splinters into you know just <laughs> ash, and that's always dope to watch. So yep. it's just it's all good. It's all good fun. I'm going to say yeah. that the ninja scenes in this movie are the favorite, my favorite parts of the movie because yes. if we can go to that cliff scene, yes. which for me is everything, like give me those thirty seconds again and again because yeah. that's all I needed, and I'm pretty sure they played that hard when they ran the trailers for this movie too. oh yeah absolutely yeah those are the greatest I, it took two months to film yeah i saw on the uh, imd trailer two months to film that cliff stuff wow it looked cool what about rizza as the what i would call maybe the worst old age makeup i've ever seen in my life <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad it was pretty bad yeah well i was about to bring this up to ben because you're talking some some crap about these ninjas but it's rizza how can you be mad at RZA being Look, in a movie? Look, I I love RZA. You know yeah. that I am a big hip hop right. fan, <laughs> yeah. and Wu Tang is the best. Mm-hmm. Here's but I want to just read you my notes. He's not a great. Which is, he's not a great. My actor. notes is RZA exclamation <laughs> point. That's all that I have for that. I'm just yeah, so happy. Yeah, you were just excited he was in it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I honestly, I'd much rather him be one of the Joes. You know, just be a, a kung fu yeah. regular, but just his age. Him as the master is not believable. Now, this was made in 2013. I don't know how RZA looks these days. Maybe he looks a little older. But I just, it, it was not, but not the worst, not the worst prosthetic eyebrows I've ever seen. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. he could have been Actually, a, a, a all the blind makeup, master. All the movie, all the makeup in this movie was kind of bad. When they were doing the flashbacks yeah. and Zartan, whatever, had the makeup. Oh, yeah. I was, was like, that's oh, clear, yeah, very that's clearly not, uh, not his An face. old Asian man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Zart- that was pretty bad. Zartan was really busy in this universe yes, because he is. he is not only uh, betraying the, the sh- shadow guy, he's also being the president. He was, he's very useful mm-hmm. to Cobra Commander. Yeah, he's, he's kind of the master of the long con, and you think that you'd only get like one long con in, in your life, but he's got multiple. He's, he's, he's yeah, done some full lives in his, in his little world Absolutely. there. He, he could have really used the nano bites to become a more realistic old yeah. Asian man, but... Yes. On, uh, yeah, exactly. Honestly, I feel like... I don't think like, he had that technology at that time. <laughs> oh, right. I feel like Zartan was more the central villain than Cobra Commander. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, having watched limited amounts of the G.I. Joe show... When I was a kid, it's like no, Cobra Commander is the main villain. And well, so, he was the main know. villain of the first movie, and maybe the third movie. And he so. was played yeah, he by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he looked crazy. Which was well, very I think strange. this movie, oh. this movie is just supposed to be uh, an equivalent to like level five in a Mario game, where I think so. Too. You you fight Ludwig von Trupa, but you never get to Bowser. <laughs> yeah. He's meant for a future. <laughs> yeah, I well, love that you is, just said that. At, at the end of at the end of the first film, they take Cobra Commander out in handcuffs, so they can't do that again in the second film, and then again in the third film. You have to let him get away right. at least once. That's so, true. There he goes. 
And and I so guess like, the Rock is given like General Patton's own gun to go shoot him in the head with later or something weird like that. <laughs> right, I couldn't really understand what the, the the subtext of that was, but it seemed about right. So I'd like to talk about Bruce Willis and specifically his house. Okay, and how pointless and so, he was in the whole movie, and they didn't need him, and they wasted so, money, and they could have used it on CGI or something else. Yeah, totally that. On RZA. Yeah, t- totally that. Uh, the scene where he has guns in every cupboard and sofa. I kind of like scenes like that. It's yeah. like the Matrix when all the gun racks come in. Like yeah. I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. But did any of you notice the password on his gun safe? No, please tell me. 1776. 1776. Oh, but, but. The day of America's independence. Amen. Amen, GI Joe. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So good. That was the one like cool. That was a cool detail. Yeah. So points for that. It, what a cool oh, idea. Okay, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and side with you that the idea is not fully realized. But I love the idea that they get Bruce Willis to play GI Joe himself in a movie about GI Joe, the franchise or toys or whatever this even is about anymore. It's a good, good, good concept. But yeah, he's pretty underused. And they just basically gave him several lines where he makes fun of himself for being old and called it a day, which isn't maybe the best use of Bruce Willis in an action film, but it's what right. we get. Do you, think these one just, <laughs> do you think these are just his outtakes from the movie Red, where he put, like, <laughs> plays a retired CIA guy? It's just I, like, oh, I, we got some B-roll I footage of him. I absolutely think it is, because I was just going to bring up, so towards the, right before they go to, to mount the final assault, and I think The Rock is talking, and he's like, thanks, Joe, for bringing in your troops. And they're, you know, talking around a table, and you see the troops that he brought in. It's like a bunch of geriatric, like, you guys have <laughs> not seen Mirren. service. Yeah, yeah, you guys have not seen service any, t- any re- recently at all. So, th- yeah, that yeah. Uh, definitely from Red. Definitely. Morgan yeah. Freeman comes in. <laughs> I think that maybe every Bruce Willis film at this point is outtakes from another Bruce Willis film. Because I don't really think that he's necessarily like given us his A game anymore. I had, I didn't see the latest um, Die Hard, so I can't like confirm this. But I had heard that he keeps saying like I was supposed to be on vacation or something, and then do Die Hard. Yeah. And it's yep. because he was literally supposed to be on vacation, but they gave him enough yeah. money that he decided not to go on it and instead come and do his move that movie. <laughs> so I kind of think that he's maybe checked out just a little bit. And little uh, bit. you get what you get when he's on set. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, I found, uh, so they start the, the nuclear launch. Nuclear, nuclear launch. Wait, let's talk about this <sighs> because I'm not going to lie. Okay. Ben and I have talked about this quite a bit, which is that I hate movies where an entire city is destroyed for no reason and everyone acts like it's no big deal, which I will concede literally happens in this movie. But for some (laughs) reason, I really enjoyed it here, where I can't enjoy it in any Marvel or DC film that's ever existed. And and this makes me mad because I usually love it in all those movies that uh, Drew just said that he doesn't like it. And this one really upset me so much to see London collapse. I was... Are you kidding me? I said out loud, audibly. Are you kidding me? And I said, Drew, I can't believe you made us watch this dumb movie. <laughs> okay, okay, so here's let, let me let me say this one thing, which is that in a in a Marvel movie or a DC movie where the city explodes, I feel like it's such a disappointment because it didn't actually have to have to happen, but they just really wanted to show somebody punching a building until it exploded, and they do that like several times, and then mm-hmm. the city's gone. And I think, well, now we're all unhappy. Because the the superhero didn't do his job of like saving the city, so I'm not really proud of him. The supervillain didn't really do their job of like destroying the world because he only got one city down. 
and the the super effects team just had a good time blowing stuff up but it had nothing to do with anything but in this movie there was nobody that was supposed to stop it so i don't feel bad about that cobra commander did the thing that he wanted to do so i'm like you know, good good on him for exploding London, I guess. <laughs> Don't and, congratulate the villains. And, and there's this weird thing where he tricks the entire world into just exploding their nuclear devices and then like psych. And that okay, is no, the no, no. Wait, much we need to, better version of yeah. this. Yes, we, I'll, we need to I'll go back accept, to that. I'll accept that is a really cool point, but we need to separate <laughs> yeah. the exploding all the nukes in the mm. sky mm. and throwing that tungsten rod into London. Yeah. That didn't need to happen. Okay, the coolness the, yeah. already happened. The the fact that they destroyed this city, like he had a plan to do it apparently to a lot of cities. Right. But just how we talked about Channing Tatum getting blowed up uh early on <laughs> and how it like gave you some stakes. I feel like they did not do London well. Exactly. It, it actually because afterwards no one mentions it or cares about it ever <laughs> again. Is a crap? At the at the end of this movie, they're like in Washington D.C. passing out medals, like great job. Hey, can we can we have a quick have a shot of, of of just the millions of people who was were just there, eviscerated? Yeah. Was there even delegates from London in the in the nuclear room? Like, no, we know they're I busy. I don't think so. No. Stupid. They, they only had the biggest seven countries, the most important seven countries, and England's not one of them. No. But, okay, let's just also talk about this nuclear game of chicken mm-hmm. because. I get bothered by the whole suitcase that controls everything. Yeah. Between yeah, nuclear people, football. The the nuclear football and the graphics that apparently can track all of these uh, routes <laughs> as if you're playing yes. what's the mission command game? Yeah. As if yeah. like that was yeah. going on. There is yeah, I, I do have to agree with you that the, the nuclear footballs all look appropriately terrible and like <laughs> coded in MS DOS. Yeah. And then every single time that a missile would launch, we would get like on these TVs in the room like seven really high res shots of them launching, you know, and it's like, but I those cameras are not affected. Cameras set up. Yeah. Those no, cameras, cameras are not are affected fine. by the blast, <laughs> mm, including like the underwater ones and stuff. Yeah. I think that, right. I think that we, we have a little bit of a, a mismatch here in terms of technology. GI <laughs> Joe was one scene away from everyone pulls out their suitcases and the guy from China has like a, an ornately carved jade suitcase. And the guy from <laughs> has like a wonderfully ornate. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like okay. I actually would have liked that. I actually would have liked that. (laughs) If you're gonna go campy, go super campy. I would have loved to see a couple countries. The fact that they launched all of their nuclear devices, which is weird. A, they launched them at each other, which doesn't make sense considering America's the bad guy. Launched them at the U.S. for sure. Exactly. And the (laughs) second one is, I would have liked to see him be like, "Well, now the nuclear arsenal's destroyed," and like a guy pulls up his head, like, "Well." I didn't launch all of mine. I like. I still have a couple. I would have liked the movie where everyone launched it, and then Cobra Commander ushers in a new era of peace in the credits roll, and that's just it. You know, like wow. Well, I thought he was the bad guy, but looks like he's looks like he won the day. You know, and like there were the, the next thirty minutes is just like this new utopia forming in the earth, and that's it. So, did you guys hear the jab on North Korea though? Yeah, where the, uh, the, the president guy. is. Like, blah, blah, blah. Well, and he also said, like, yeah, North Korea would be the last one to do it. It's like, oh, man. Just jabbing so, him. Cobra Commander's big plan is all of these major countries, cities are destroyed, and then... That's it. He rules the world? Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's all? Okay. Whatever is left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this film also has what I love in the the kind of traditional Star Wars class of action films, which is that... 
there's a whole like infantry of like grunt level cobra workers that i always just think is such a great yeah. idea like how did you become that guy who's like launching the satellite and like working for cobra commander but you probably yeah. get paid like a minimum do wage you think, <laughs> do you think you're doing good things yeah this what's oh, he, yeah how's he feel about checking i did think and, it was and out of work every day I thought it was strange. In that, back to that cliff scene, real quick. How many red ninjas there were, and how many grappling hooks they have on them yeah. at all times? It seemed like they shot grappling hooks three or four times, and it just seems strange to be prepared. So, <laughs> as the as the Rock and the GI Joes go to like get Cobra Commander, I felt like the Rock was driving that tank thing in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. And for some reason, there were these all these enemy tanks. For what reason? I don't understand what they were guarding because there was nothing out there. It didn't seem Slow like they were anywhere near that thing. Yeah, that was the only the purpose answer. I could mm-hmm. grok yeah. from that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few scenes in this film that you can tell they spent a whole of five seconds on. And <laughs> the, the, the line, the other one that comes to mind is they have a line that says, I'll cyber blast an encoded beacon every six hours. Yes. And that was, I guarantee you that that was a line of dialogue that was written once and never considered again. And I love that. That's a great. That's a great way of writing, in my opinion. <laughs> a cyberplast. I think an it, encoded it, beacon. Every six. The movie. Because <laughs> it's smart. It's hackery. Uh. The movie does a great job of having also having bad guys throughout, and I really appreciate when bad guys have their own. I'll call them like bad guy superpowers or yeah. or skill set. So we got the Firefly dude. Yeah, he's great. You got the the ninja storm shadow guy. Mm-hmm. He can uh, split a bullet in half with the sword. Yeah, mm. fantastic. But the more <laughs> that you can be uh, kind of separate yourselves from other people and have your particular set of skills, the more I enjoy a a, a team, a team, uh, an ensemble movie. For example, like the one good guy had parkour skills for no other reason than to make <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> scenes look cooler. That's right. So I. I kind of liked Firefly Guy, even though I thought he was doing an Australian accent. Turns out, I think it was Narland. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I it was Australian, to be he, sure. I think he is Australian, but yes, he was doing a Narland's accent. Oh, uh, so this is, the, this is the classic Street street Fighter Jean-Claude Van Damme as an American, but totally not an American accent mm. thing going on, huh? Yep. Yeah. I did think the helicopter that uh, Cobra Command escaped on with like the jets in the back. I thought that was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a cool view. Some good set and then, of pieces course, in this film. After uh, they destroy all the satellites with a single button, mm-hmm. uh, they had the slow motion walk of the rock and his team to slow heavy metal rock or whatever. Yep. And uh, yeah, just, yeah. Oh, I, I will say that the, the least favorite part of this entire film for me is the music choices. There's two or three songs mm. in here that, boy, oh boy, will, not, will either not age well or age wonderfully. Uh, depending on how much you want to enjoy this film as a 2013 piece of history, they really needed a Nickelback song. Mm. This is really Look at complete. This nuclear weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so what typically what Nate and I do at this point is we rate a film from zero to five somethings. And while this movie didn't feature the nano stuff too much, yeah. they did play some key roles in explosions. Mm-hmm. And so, from zero to five nanobots, yeah. how will you all, how would you rate this movie, G.I. Joe, colon, retaliation? I'll go last. Drew, yeah, no, you want to go last. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like okay. the opposite of shotgun. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Ben? One to five. One to five. 
or zero. Well, to we five. we do zero. We do zero to five because we watch some pretty bad movies. <laughs> so we we like to leave that zero open. Don't give it a zero, Ben. I'm not going to give it a zero, but it's not getting anywhere close to a five. Um, honestly, I'll give it a two nanopots out of five. Mm-hmm. Two out of five. So some redeeming qualities. Yeah, there were some cool moments, and I definitely have enjoyed this conversation with you guys. So that's you know fun. <laughs> but <laughs> made it worth it. But uh, yeah, like if none of this was attached, and I just was seeing the movie, and I've seen this movie before. Yeah, no, not for me. Nate, how do you feel? I'm gonna give this movie two and a half nanobots right down the middle. Mm-hmm. To me. I've been a little bit swayed by Drew's persuasive words. <laughs> Boo! Boo. I, probably, I probably went into it feeling kind of one and a half, but it is true. This movie, it knows what it is and what it isn't. I think some of its faults are, I mean, it's, it's You're giving stupid. it too much credit, guys. No. I don't think that that it, intellectual, I think, when they made this movie. I think, I think it they knows did. it's kind of campy and dumb. Yeah, I think it the, totally does. Where I think it falls the most is it doesn't prioritize the right things, I think, when it comes to production value. And if if you kind of strip away the fun action scenes, it really is super, super hollow. And I kind of like a moment of caring about the characters. Um, I didn't have any of that um, anywhere in this, except maybe the people of London. I felt bad for them. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> even though you don't see a single one. Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, like I flipped off my brain entirely for this movie. So I think I would have just as much fun watching a two-minute YouTube clip of the action highlights. <laughs> um, but overall, it's not long enough to make me dread. Like this is my second time viewing it too. It wasn't a terrible thing. I had a couple moments, but overall, I give it a meh. Two and a half. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I will give it back to two nanobots. Yes. There were a couple moments, like the 1776 password, like some, someone was thinking, somebody on this movie production was thinking about stuff. And so I want to give them credit. This cliff scene was cool. And apparently, at least according to the IMDb, IMDb trivia, the whole tungsten rod shot from a satellite is actually something the military has researched and could be possible. Oh, you like the um, science of this movie. So actually, well, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it could actually be a thing, which is terrifying, but also kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll give it two. Two nanobots. Two. Uh, I'm, I'm right, going gonna, gonna to go higher than you all. I'm going to give it an honest to goodness oh 3.5 nanobots, and I'll tell you oh. exactly why. Here it is. Uh, Riza and The Rock get one star. Project <laughs> Zeus gets the second star. The Honeywell thermostat that flips open to reveal all the guns gets a full star on its own. And then the Blade of Justice gets a half star. So that's, that's three and a half easy. That's three and a half easy. Oh, I got to say, I had no idea who Rizzo was until you guys said it. And I looked him up on IMDb yeah. as we were talking just yeah. now. But his, his lines were pretty insufferable very like, bad the they most were very bad, bad. <laughs> very, but, but see even bad. that man i mean what what good kung fu movie have you watched that doesn't have some unsufferable dialogue and he's just he's just uh, plenty of kung right fu after. movies oh, no, have, you seen, not English. have you seen yeah. uh have you seen eep man those are fantastic there's not bad dialogue in that it's at all not a, that's, we, we're not the raid 
Kung whatever. The hero. Yeah, bro. Don't even come uh, at me with that. Kung Fu movies. Can I are also great. say I'm going to add in something else? Even I, I shouldn't, but I have to. Mm. <laughs> well, then Snake please eyes, do. <laughs> Snake Eyes is so stinking cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he doesn't talk and yet probably I have the most emotional connection with him in this movie, <laughs> I think serves to just exemplify how bad the script in this movie is. <laughs> or the guy who doesn't talk has is. the most development. <laughs> Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, like, I ragged on like the speechless ninja thing, but I also think it's kind of cool, like, to have a character that just doesn't say a word. It's I'm great. With that. Yeah, see, it's great. Well, thank you, thank you all. I wouldn't say great, but <laughs> thanks for gifting us with, with this movie again. Mm-hmm. Can you guys briefly uh, say how people who listen to our podcast but do not listen to yours yet can uh, find you guys uh, on the social medias? Nate's a professional social media. It's very clear. I just learned about Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm basically at Drew Kaufman uh, everywhere. And uh, Ben and I have a podcast you can listen to at bdyst.fm. Yep. Right. Super easy to find us there. And uh, I'm a multiple, I'm a multitude of usernames and handles <laughs> because Ben Lopez is super common and everyone takes that. So I would just I would just say you could uh, search Instagram and look up the late night and K-N-I-G-H-T. night as in yeah night like shining armor so the late night mm. on Instagram and uh, yeah that would be the place to look me up yeah go ahead and tell us your uh, handles tell us Nate I never know what I am so Stephen <laughs> does all of this for me Stephen take it away <laughs> so you can find our podcasts moviesontheside.com on the internet and then you can go on twitter at movies on the side and then nate is nate.baranowski on instagram which i encourage you to follow because he has some amazing chalk art there the ephemeral and, uh, most of it's already ephemeral. uh it's no longer on this world so uh, but at least you saved it with a photo <laughs> 